Hello, gamers, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cartridge Club. If you're new to the Cartridge Club, I'll quickly explain what we are. The Cartridge Club is a community of content creators and gamers of all generations. The show that you're listening to is a monthly book club for gamers. We pick a game, invite everyone in the club to play along, and then we select three people to come on the show and discuss the game we just played. My name is Ryan, a.k.a. It's Rocket Sauce, and I am one of the hosts for the show. Without further ado, let me introduce the panel for this month. From the YouTube channel, How Are You Okay?, we have Tim. Tim, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, next up, we have the bass guy, Chris. Chris, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. From the blog site, retrodef.ca, we have Ryho. Ryo, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me on. And now I'm going to hand it over to my co-host, Musty Hobbit, and he'll say what game we are playing for this month. Musty, take it away. Thanks, Ryan. Hello, everybody. I am uh, Musty Hobbit, and we are uh, venturing into new territory this month with Cartridge Club Prime. We are playing the first uh, in a genre that we have yet to have touched through 59 episodes. Uh, and so this month, we are playing our first fighting game. Uh, and in fact, we are playing the the game that kind of put fighting games officially on the map. And that is Street Fighter 2. And all of the iterations and all of the uh, different subtitles, uh, we're kind of trying to trying to hit all of them. Uh, and we made sure that uh, everyone in the club kind of got an opportunity to play whatever was easiest for them, because this game uh, came out on just about everything. A version of Street Fighter 2 exists on almost every single platform uh, from the 16-bit consoles. And later, uh, it was developed and published by Capcom. Uh, produced by Yoshiki Akimoto, uh, designed by Akira Nishitani and Akira Yasuda. Uh, some of the programmers uh, are Shinichi Ueyama, Seiji Okada, Yoshihiro Matsui, uh, Motohide Ishiro, and I guess having fun with me me taking these down so far. Better you than me. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, Couple more names, and then we'll we'll continue on here. Uh, some of the major artists we have: uh, Iri Nakamura and Satoru Yamashita, uh, composers. And we will definitely get into the music on this because I know that uh, everyone's got a favorite Street Fighter Two track. Uh, composers: uh, Yoko Shimomura and Isao Abe. Uh, and again, this game came out in the early '90s. Uh, it was initially a uh, an arcade release that eventually made its way, like I said, to just about everything. Uh, now, Street Fighter II, uh, like I said, put fighting games kind of on the map, uh, following several of the conventions and rules that were already established by uh, the original Street Fighter game, which came out in 1987. Um, now, the point of this as a fighting game, a 2D fighting game, is that the player engages opponents in one-on-one -on -one close quarter combat in a series of best two out of three matches. The objective of each round is to deplete the opponent's vitality before the timer runs out. If both uh, opponents happen to knock each other out at the same time or the timer runs out and both fighters have the equal amount of vitality, uh, then a double KO or draw is declared. We'll play additional rounds basically until uh, we get a winner there. Uh, between the matches, uh, you see a Pacific-centered world map with each participant's home stage. Uh, and when uh, the 
when the upcoming match and location have been chosen, you see a little airplane fly over. It's kind of kind of cool. Now, each uh, one of the biggest things about Street Fighter, one of the things that made it different than its predecessor and really any other fighting game is not only uh, selectable, uh, multiple playable characters, but each character then also had a distinct fighting style and special moves. Uh, now, clearly this game has been around for years and years. I, I want to get some thoughts on maybe your first impressions or maybe some memories that you have about your experience with Street Fighter 2. And I want to start with Chris. Uh, Chris, what were your kind of first impressions on Street Fighter 2? When did you initially come across the game? And uh, why don't you tell me a little, about, a little bit about your experience with the game? So, um, I guess my initial uh, experience with the Street Fighter series was the original Street Fighter. So, when I was a kid, I, I don't know, maybe 88 or maybe I was 89 or something. Um, we, I was at, it was in Myrtle Beach with my grandparents and my mom and so, uh, my brother. And we went to uh, a, a, a indoor go-kart track and they had a, uh, Street Fighter cab, and then I, uh, my parents, my mom's, I, I don't know why, she just said, I don't want you playing any video games. So, of course, when they went to the other side of the building, I hopped on the cabinet. So, it was, I think, the second iteration of the arcade cabinet, which had just the strong medium and uh, weak uh, at kick and punch. Um, so, but it played really choppy, so, like, if... I think once you get knocked down at the end of the match, it was basically like one frame, and then the next frame you just fall over. It was really choppy. But um, I think later on my brother got the uh, – he and his friend were – he was a big arcade uh, – big in arcade games He and video games in general. He went to um, – they, they kept pumping quarters into a new Street Fighter II game. Um, and then I think sometime later – I guess when uh, the Super Nintendo came out, uh, my brother got the core system, the the SNES core system, just so he could play Street Fighter Two. Um, so he played it for a while, and then I think I started getting better at it, better than him at it because he sort of dropped off. He got sort of lost interest, and then, um, so then I think I went through and beat it with all the different characters and learned all their moves. Um, but I don't think I ever changed the difficulty settings, and um, I thought I, I really liked it. Um, it's it, I really like the I really like the graphics, and um, uh, just just the variety in characters and um, and move sets. So there's, I guess those are my first impressions. Excellent. Yeah, you seem like you've got a fair amount of experience with that, and we'll, I'm sure, get into your more recent uh, playthroughs here. Uh, Tim, let's hear your sort of first exposure to Street Fighter II uh, and kind of uh, your any notable memories that you have uh, way back when. Um, well, my first exposure to Street Fighter II uh, was in the arcades um, when the game initially came out. Um, and the thing was, it was at uh, the Mayflower Mall in my hometown of Sydney, Nova Scotia. Um, they are, I just remember going there, like, I usually got dropped off in the arcade when my mom or my parents would do, like, chores and stuff, or, like, you know, errands. Um, and there was this one cabinet that I couldn't even get close to. Like, there were so many people just surrounding it to the point where I couldn't even see the screen. Like, I, I could see the title, Street Fighter 2, and I 
I have never heard of it before. I had no idea what it was. Um, but eventually I wrestled my way through and it was like, it, it was like an event. I've never seen in an arcade that many people so stoked to play a single game in my life. Uh, like maybe like those, uh, old, uh, WWF wrestling games, um, that kind of came close to it, but nothing quite like this. Um, the problem was though, um, because the game was always so crowded, I didn't really get to play it until after special champion, uh, edition came out or championship edition came out. Um, so I saw it when it first came out, but I probably didn't get to play it until everybody moved over to the other game and they stopped playing that one. Um, but I absolutely loved it. It was like, it kind of started like a lifelong love of fighting games for me, um, which I'm still kind of a fighting game obsessed full with now. Um, level of skill varies depending on game, but you know, it's, it's easily my favorite genre. Um, and I pretty much have Street Fighter 2 to thank for that. And yeah, like I probably didn't get to play the home version until maybe a year or two later. I think at Raiho's house, actually. Um, that would have been back when I was 10, but that's pretty much it. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I think, not sure what I, end that tangent. Sorry. No, no, that, that, that's good. I actually, we, perfect segue because i want to hear from raiho next you see you did you have similar arcade experience or or was console kind of your first foray into industry fighter um so it's very similar to tim of course the same model so i don't know if we've ever mentioned this before tim and i are first cousins we grew up together so um at mayflower mall in sydney nova scotia um had the first street fighter 2 cab i'd ever seen in the same story you couldn't get anywhere near it um basically you had to go and get in a line it wasn't like, you know, you hear people talk about the story where you go out and put a quarter in, like, neck, you know, on the dash, and that, like, is your keepsies to get the play. You couldn't put a quarter on because you wouldn't see it for 30 minutes, right? You couldn't trust it, so you'd get in this lineup and wait to try to get in. And um, you couldn't get anywhere near it, really. But I did I, – I waited in line one day to play the game. Um, I'd never played a fighting game before, so, like, seeing it, I was kind of sitting there. Like, like, like Tim said, I can think of, like, you know, the NES um, – wrestling games and things like that. But then I, to see this game was completely different, right? And uh, so I, I had to play the game and I got up there finally after waiting forever, put my quarter in, didn't know who to pick for a character. I picked Blanca because I don't know, he just kind of drew me in. And this other guy was Guile. And I, I mean, I have hazy memories of it to be honest, because it was a long time ago. But in my memory, he threw a hundred sonic booms at me in like two seconds and I was done. And then it was like, you're gone kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was your opportunity to play and you were gone. You were there, I was there for like a total of 10 seconds. Um, so I had to wait for a home version. Luckily, I didn't, I say luckily, not to say that it would have been bad, but I didn't get the original home release. Um, I got Turbo um, when that hit on the Super Nintendo, uh, which is one of my, like, I, one of my most coveted games on my Super Nintendo. And uh, that was kind of my first real, I, I got to play a lot of that version of it. That was my first, uh, where I kind of cut my teeth, I guess, on Street Fighter. Um, and yeah, that's my story. Excellent. Good, good. Ryan, how about how about you? You are a, a another fan of the fighting game series. I feel like we have a few on on the show today. Um, what are sort of your your first uh, experiences with with Street Fighter Two? The earliest I can recall uh, ever playing a Street Fighter Two game, I I never saw Street Fighter One ever. Period um, in the arcades ever. Um, so when Street Fighter Two came around, it's kind of one of those ones where it's I just thought maybe it was being like. I don't know. Um, you could say we're just, oh, we're going to start the series off with two for some reason. I don't know why I thought that, but I did. Um, 
but the, the earliest I can recall is ever seeing it at, a, I was at a bowling alley with my grandparents and they had one arcade machine and it was street fighter two. Um, I can't recall if it was championship edition or, or just the original. Um, but I remember playing it cause it was an arcade game and I wanted to play an arcade game or video game whenever I saw it. Um, I think I can't remember what character I played with, but I got whooped. Um, so I, I believe I got whooped by Dalson Dalson. So I decided because I felt he was cheap. He was halfway. I couldn't get to him because he's just reaching, you know, give me with reach attacks. So I, of course, then next time playing the game, I chose him and I could actually beat people because I was just, you know, doing cheap attacks with the, you know, the long kicks and the long punches. And I was able to advance a little bit further. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I actually, I remember, because I had a great time playing it, um, and I think that's might have been before ever seeing it on the, you know, 16-bit consoles, but, or I just didn't have a 16-bit console at the time, uh, but I saw a Street Fighter, like, 2010 for the NES, and thinking that this was, you know, the same exact game, and boy, was I, you know, sadly mistaken, and I, I remember really hating that game, um, but, you know, next time you would see it, anytime you go to arcade, you would almost always see a Street Fighter cabinet always there. Um, I can't recall seeing giant lines, but I've, I've heard that story a million times. So I, I believe it. Um, it's a it's a fun fighting game, but those are probably my, you know, first impressions of the game or you know, memories of the game, if you will. Um, yeah. I remember seeing it, you know, on eventually, you know, the explosion with it coming to the 16-bit consoles. But that was the first time I ever really remember the game. Excellent. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. It was Bowling Alley, uh, and it was the the World Warrior version um, with the super limited roster. And uh, but yeah, it, I f- I feel like a lot of people are going to kind of fit into this same uh, arcade like renaissance that that the street fighter started right uh we were coming out of off of the 80s and i I mean our arcades were still something special but this this did something and kind of shifted the whole focus of what the arcades were about uh and then this ushered in the other sort of fighting games um so let me let me actually take one second and let's talk about kind of the basics of what makes street fighter street fighter now round one fight So like like you did in the original Street Fighter, or, or if you've done it in, in other fighting games, you use a configuration of sort of the eight-directional joystick. So, uh, you know, being able to move in uh, in all eight directions, you have six attack buttons, and you basically use that to jump, crouch, move towards or away the opponent, uh, as well as to guard and block uh, attacks. You have three punch buttons and three kick buttons. Uh, each of them has a differing strength to them and has different attacks tied to them. Uh, you can basically f- put any combination or uh, of basic moves from any position. You can do grabs and throws, uh, and those things were not something that they had in the original Street Fighter. Um, but you can do special moves, and that became kind of a hallmark of this and pretty much every fighting game 
after this point uh, was that you could do special moves by inputting some combination of either uh, charge uh, charge type attacks or rolls, either quarter turns or half turns, uh, and other button-based commands. Uh, one of the other unique things with Street Fighter II was that uh, it was unintentionally uh, a combo system was built. Uh, basically, they... Initially, there was a glitch in the system that allowed you to uh, link attacks that were then unblockable, uh, and it, effectively, they were going to remove it from the game. Uh, they then realized how stagnant and boring that that made it to take those out, and so they decided to leave it in. Uh, and this became then a standard feature is to be able to link together moves and do these combos, and you know, games like Killer Instinct would, wouldn't have ever gotten anywhere close to what it was doing with combos if it wasn't for Street Fighter 2 initially. So uh, that system then kind of became the norm. Um, now, one of the things uh, we've talked about arcade versus uh, versus home consoles as well. And of course, uh, now more than more than maybe back then, but now arcade sticks at home are, are uh, readily available. Um, did you guys have, a, I'm just going to kind of throw it out to everyone, did, did you have a preference controller versus arcade stick if you were playing in a home console scenario, or do you have a preference or like your, your go-to when you're playing Street Fighter? Tim? Um, yeah, well, I, as a kid, like, you know, playing the earlier fighting games um, at home, I definitely didn't have an arcade stick. Um, I had a six-button Genesis controller, and that was considered kind of a luxury. But... Um, I, I did get an arcade stick for like newer games, like you know Street Fighter Four and kind of onward, like that kind of generation. But it, at the end of the day, I, I think I prefer the pad. To be honest with you, like it was fun to cool. It was fun to do, you know, play with a stick, be like, oh, oh, you know, I'm playing like a big boy now. But uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think pads just more comfortable. Ryo, did you have a did you have a preference? Uh, yeah, like I'm I'm game pad all the way. Um, it's funny because I do I I did you know love the arcade and one of my first games i saw in the arcade was street fighter i'm horrific with a with the, the arcade stick like i can't pull off a move for the life of me like it's absolutely abysmal but when i play with the gamepad i can actually like um pull off my moves and stuff like that i don't know what it is but you know it's it's a game that was made for the arcade but i never once tried to buy an arcade stick for my home ports or anything like that the, you know i'm tempted to try it now i've, I've been buying the, the switch port and thinking it'd be cool to get a, like a nice like a nice arcade stick for it and give it a try but um it, i've always been so bad with the arcade stick <laughs> um I, I couldn't pull off a hadouken to save my life i don't think so <laughs> yeah and R R ryan i know i know you swear by arcade sticks now for fighting games have you always been that way or is that something that you uh sort of picked up more recently uh that's something i picked up probably within the last five years or so um playing other fighting games and just i've always liked playing the arcades um i found it easier you know I, I, this this is the main reason for me i find it easier to do the moves now with arcade sticks um to me it's just a simple slide and a punch to do hadouken while for some reason with the any controller well maybe not the saturn controller but there are definitely times where uh, especially with the 16-bit ones where boys that like a level of frustration for me to execute any with moves with games like street fighter which involve like z patterns on the d-pad or like a 180 like a 6 to 12 on the i can't roll my thumb on the d-pad whatsoever but it's just a simple easy 
you know, click, click and punch basically, if you will, to, to do these moves or clicking, you know, it's, it's just, it just to me seems significantly easier. Um, now I've played these both on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo controller. And I, I will say that I, I do prefer the six button layout of a six button Genesis controller or Saturn controller, if you will. Um, but, uh, arcade stick all day um it just it just seems to roll easier for me it, it takes a little bit getting used to but once you do it's 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 i guess it's almost impossible for me to go back and play with uh with a with a d-pad did, did anyone did anyone ever try with the three button I'm, I'm i'm curious if anyone had experience with the three button genesis and and if like what yes. that felt like i'm curious oh god um yeah, we had a Genesis in the house, and we had a yeah a special champion edition with that. But we only had one six button controller. Uh, so between me and my brother, if someone was playing, somebody had to use a three button. It is not the way Street Fighter should ever be played, <laughs> like <laughs> at all. It, it's like pressing start to switch between punch and kick is so. I don't know. Like I'm sure with practice and training, you could get it down, and it would be like you know, it would be the equivalent of playing you know showing off by playing the game one handed, but. Why? Just yeah. uh, it seems it seems like a. I mean, you have to cater it to what to what the system offers, right? Like, there's a, you don't really have much of an option there, but it's yeah. it just seems it seems like it's a huge it, handicap. Like oh, huge. It, it is, it, it is. But the problem is with the the six button or versus the three button was like that's the only way they can make that work on a three button controller. So I understand why they did it. It just kind of unfortunate it had to be that way i guess but you know hindsight's 2020 is there a yeah. tone or anything when you switch nope no there's no indication <laughs> you, you is, just press the button and for the best is there any there's no option to pause either then as if you don't have a six button and that's right a start button gets reserved for uh switching between punch and kick that's weird that's could you weird. could you map like a, like I know in the turbo version, like if I'm feeling really cheaty, I just go map the hard punch and the hard kick to Y and B because <laughs> I can't be bothered to like click it on the top. <laughs> um, was there any option for that in the special champion? There was, and um, and this is part I'm a little hazy on, um, but I know there was kind of like a switch button on the top right of the Sega 6 button controller. It was like a very kind of small little discrete button in the corner. I can't remember if you could map that to anything or not. Um, but at that point you had like six buttons that corresponded perfectly with the like medium and like fierce kicks. Right. So, or sorry, roundhouse kicks. So it was kind of pointless. Like the three button could have used that, but it didn't have it. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately the, for, for the Genesis, the, uh, street fighter two champion edition, the only real way to play it is with a six button controller. Yeah. I think by the time, yeah. so I, I, I had gotten my first home edition, because uh, I didn't have a Super Nintendo, my first home edition was Super Street Fighter Two, and at that point, I had—I think I only got six-button controllers, so I—I I never had to go through that. Because um, this kind of—I mean, this kind of gave Sega a reason for a six-button controller, right? Like, was it was there really any other practicality for for needing those extra buttons except for fighting games? Um, I don't think so. I think they kind of came out around the same time. Like, I think the controller came out around the same time Street Fighter got released for it. Um, okay. I, I can't think of a lot of other Sega games that really utilized it other than like, oh, now you can like quick maps, you know, quick access to some of your menu items or something. But uh, maybe I don't know, someone maybe can correct me on that. But that's kind of how I remember it being used for anything that wasn't a fighting game. 
It could have. I, I suppose it could have also been a, a uh, reaction to the Super Nintendo coming out and already having six buttons, and then I think I, I think I think honestly that was the main reason why I I don't recall is the first Street Fighter on the Genesis, the original like Street Fighter one. No, Street Fighter 2. The original Street Fighter 2. No, uh, first version they got was Special Champion Edition. I think it... Uh, yeah, they got Special Champion Edition, and then they later got Super Street Fighter 2. Yeah, and I think that was one of the main reasons why is they needed a 6 button. I, I believe I heard it before somewhere, and it, it could have been in the book Console Wars. I'm, 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 I just know that I've heard it before that that was a huge seller for the Super Nintendo, and uh, was one of the, a big seller for the Super Nintendo, and you know, with people choosing Super Nintendo over the Genesis, that that they had a kind of counter react to get that game on their console. Yeah, because I think the Super Nintendo port had a year on the Genesis port. I think, although the the, the first Super port is like vanilla, um, Eight Fighter, World Warrior, um, but it did have, and it was like a. I think it sold like six million copies on the SNES. Like it was. It was a big game. I could totally see them putting out a six-button controller for that game because it sold like hotcakes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it probably sold some consoles for sure after it came out. Oh, definitely. Round two, fight! Well, let's get into it. So one of the things that's kind of, I guess, with Cartridge Club Prime, we've mostly done games that have some flavor of a story to it. And uh, when you look at a fighting game on the surface, uh, you kind of uh, don't see a lot of that. Or, or at least in, in that era, there wasn't a ton of lore to really go into. Or so I thought... Uh, I actually am, am relieved that I have you guys here because I, I don't know much of the lore um, with Street Fighter. And as I understand, there is a ton of it. Um, but I, I, I want to kind of let you guys have the, the floor for a couple minutes to kind of talk through uh, the, the sort of overall story. We'll use this as a way to kind of introduce the, the major players. Uh, Raiho, you mentioned the, the vanilla version has sort of eight player characters. Uh, and then there are additional bosses, and then later editions added other characters. We'll kind of get to all of that through this lore section. But I want to start with Chris. Chris, you, you know, we we brought up the first Street Fighter a few times, and there's some there's some story building for a couple of characters that comes out of that. Let me go ahead and, and throw to you uh, to kind of start us off with with what we need to know for Street Fighter Two coming from Street Fighter One. Okay, so in the first Street Fighter, um, there's a world tournament uh, for all the Street Fighters and um, held by Sagat, who was basically, he's this humongous um, figure. He's like the seven foot, this, he's over seven feet tall. He's, he's a huge guy. He's um, uh, the Muay Thai master in the, in the world. Um, he's supposed to be the best. Muay Thai uh, fire in the world. And so he decided to host the world tournament to show that he was the best. Um, and so Ryu and uh, Ken end up um, end up uh, entering the tournament. 
and um, then Ryu gets he he gets through all the fighters, gets to Sag, uh, Sagat, Sagat, and um, so they get. It's a very close match. Sagat ends up pinning him at the end, and then out of desperation, Ryu um, unleashes the Shoryuken, uh, sort of that spinning punch um, in the air as um, Sagat, uh, Sagat's letting him up because he thought Sagat thought he won the match, so he's letting him up. But then Ryu was doing that as he was being let up, he, and so he he mortally wounded uh, Sagat. That's why he has that large scar across the across his chest. Um, uh, so then Sagat sort of vows revenge. He wants he wants to a rematch with Ryu. So he, after the tournament's over, M Bison uh, recruits him to the uh, Shadaloo organization. So that sort of leads into Street Fighter Two. So excellent. And then I, I yeah, I suppose Tim, uh, Raiho, I, I guess I'll I'll throw to whoever you guys uh, wants to kind of go from there. I, like I said, on you've got kind of a few major players from the the previous game. Your your Ken and uh, Ryu are your. Uh, you're familiar with them because of the Dragon Punch, the Shoryuken, or the Hadouken, um, which are their primarily their special moves and their moves that the computer uh, abuses uh, in every edition. It just it doesn't matter. They're just constantly constantly throwing it. Um, but then from from them, we kind of get to see some of the other uh, the other crowd. Tim, I'll 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 throw to you here. All right. Um, well, yeah, that's a pretty great summation of what happens in the first part. Uh, Ryu uh, defeats Sagat, leaves a uh, scar on his chest, and um, Sagat goes for Shadowloo. Now, that kind of leads to the story of Street Fighter Two. Now, the weird thing about Street Fighter Two story, um, and I'm going to try be and be really contained on this, because the story of Street Fighter is so friggin' insane, convoluted, and retconned that um, it's kind of hard to trace a clear timeline of what actually happens in this. Um, but there's kind of pretty consistent things throughout like all of the games, and I'm going to try and kind of stick to that. Um, so essentially, you've got the story of Street Fighter 2, um, 2 is like the story of all Street Fighter. It's a story of Ryu. Um, in this particular case, Ryu enters a new Street Fighter tournament being held uh, by a company, or uh, an organization called Shadowloo. Um, now, Shadowloo is run by M. Bison, who is basically using the tournament to bring in the world's strongest fighters so we can essentially recruit them to his organization. Um, the, or the organization's end goal being to take over the world. He's um, uh, Bison's like this evil dictator um, ruler who wields something called Psycho Power, who is essentially... He is a being completely devoid of good. Like That's actually part of his like story. Like he purged like the last bit of good in him forever ago, and now he's completely evil. Um, and as that, he's been able to take this evil organization to near global a global scale. And the world turn the world warrior tournament is kind of a way of basically bringing out the best of all the fighters, so we can either recruit them or possibly brainwash them for his cause. Because um, he's already like basically, you can already see that um, in a way he already recruited um, the the other three grandmasters um but i'll get to that in a minute so essentially you have ryu um of the core eight uh you know the world warrior his whole thing is just he's traveling from one fight to the next um 
and he just wants the next opponent. Um, his whole thing is a lifelong, uh, a lifelong goal of personal betterment and Im improvement through martial arts. Um, and his character, for the most part, doesn't go much deeper than that. Um, he's a character everybody else in the Street Fighter universe is kind of drawn to. Um, he's basically the magnet for every other fighter in the entire series. If you look at it for the most part, um, him or Bison and even Bison is kind of in the picture because he wants to rule out Ryu. Um, having beat Sagat, he's definitely got um, Ryu in his eyesights now because main one who can beat Sagat is a man he wants. Um, but next to Ryu, because I just want to go through the core eight. Um, you have Ken, his, well, you know, lifelong uh, rival. Um, Ken's kind of like the pretty boy American who, a rich, you know, playboy American who got the train in Japan with Ryu for years. So they studied under the same teacher, which is why they have the same fighting style in the game. Um, Ken's kind of shown as like a weaker character. They kind of portray him as that um, in the story too. Like the idea is he's been on the beach for, you know, for a long time. He's been slacking off um, while Ryu has been training. So it's also why gameplay wise, some of his moves like his uh, hurricane kick don't really take down, you know, enemies in a single hit like Ryu's do because he's shown to be a bit weaker. Like, um, yeah, he's just shown to be a little bit weaker overall, but basically Ryu's, you know, equal more or less. Um, then you have Chun-Li, Chun-Li being an Interpol agent who's basically there to take out, um, Shadowloo and M. Bison. Um, it's kind of said in the story that she's working together with, uh, Guile, who's one of the other main characters. Um, but basically she's there to both take down Shadowloo, Bison, and get revenge because Bison murdered her father. She's also basically, for lack of a better way to put it, she's like the female mascot of Street Fighter, for sure. And she was the she was the first female fighting game character. If I if I am pulling that factoid right, I I've heard that, and I can't think of an example to disprove it right now. So very possible. If she's not the first, she is definitely the most famous, like the most infamous for absolute for absolute sure. Well, she's iconic. I mean, she. Yeah. This, this whole. I mean, this iconic. Whole, this whole stable uh, of of this main eight, effectively, is is iconic. They've shown up in you know, across media. Um, we have Zangief showing up in in Wreck It Ralph. Um, yes. You know, like and there's in and in Bison too. Yeah, yeah. very true. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I cut you off there. Oh, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, because the way I kind of break these characters down is like of the main eight, you have four kind of story important characters and four that are kind of there to fill out the roster or, fill, or, or you know, in terms of the meta, fill out like a uh, fighting character type. Um, but the last story one would be um, Guile of the four. Um, and Guile being, a, you know, you, part of the U.S. Air Force, um, he sort of abandoned his family to go on a revenge mission against Nem Bison, um, who killed his best friend, Charlie. Uh, who was also like his partner in the Air Force. Uh, so, and Guile's actually a really interesting character. Like, I, I'm not going to break it down too hard here, but it's the fact that he's somebody who is like 100% driven by revenge. Like, he he's a professionally employed man who's who could be doing this for justice, but he's clearly not. Um, and, and the fact that he's always projecting whenever he tells somebody to go home and be a family man, despite being a guy who abandoned his family to go get revenge on like M. Bison. Like, I don't know, like, Gal's an interesting character to me. Uh, but anyway, like, I won't dwell on him. Um, but those are, like, the four main story ones. And then you have, like, the other four. Um, e Honda, who's, like, a Yokozuna from Japan. He's, like, a sumo wrestler who can't believe that the world never heard of, like, sumo or doesn't think it's the greatest ever. So 
he enters the world tournament to prove that Zoom was the greatest. And that's the, essentially the crux of Honda for the rest of Street Fighter. Um, I don't know if his story ever goes beyond that. Um, same thing kind of with Zangief. He's a professional wrestler from Russia. He's kind of like a Russian national hero. Um, he wrestles bears in his spare time. He's he's insane, um, but he's 100% patriotic. He's all about the motherland. Like he is all about like promoting glory of Mother Russia, uh, 100%. Um, his whole character can be broken down to Mother Russia, look at my muscles, Cyclone Crush. But yeah, he's he, he's a pretty simple character, but he's also become one of the more iconic ones. Like you said, he's in, like, you know, he made the Wreck-It Ralph as like a character in the support group. But storyline wise, he doesn't really bring much to the table. Never he has. Brings, uh, he brings Gorbachev to the table. Yes. In some versions. In that dance. That's right. That beautiful ending dance. Um then you've got Blanca, um, who is basically a green-skinned kind of creature that lives in the Brazilian jungle, who's um, just been fighting people at random. What you later find out is uh, it was essentially a boy who survived a plane crash in the Brazilian jungle, and for reasons that are never explained, becomes this green-skinned elect- electricity-emitting monster uh, that knows uh, martial arts. Uh, oh, sorry? I heard, I heard one story that he uh, ate a bunch of... Uh, he had the huge consumption of chlorophyll and it's turned him green. And then I think another one was where he got struck by lightning during, I think after the plane crash or during the plane crash. And I think that's how he got that lightning attack. That's one thing I've, I've heard that. That's a better explanation than any I've heard so far. So uh, I'm willing to believe it. The question is, where did he get those killer jean shorts? Uh, I don't know. The bigger question is, how did they grow with him? It's like the Hulk's pants, it is right? The like, Hulk. Yep, exactly. Just like the Hulk's pants. Um, also, also, side note, for later games, one of the best secondary costumes of all time, Black and John, but uh, that's either here nor there. Um, but the last character um, of the main eight would be Dalsum. Um, Dalsum basically being this guy, um, a yoga master of um, India who wants to basically test his power. Like, he wants to test the skill of yoga against other strong fighters in the world. Like, his character motivation is basically self-betterment, kind of like Ryu. Um, oh, sorry? Oh, I think I heard... Um, I was reading about him. He He's sort of altruistic. I heard he... I think he's trying to... He's constantly trying to make money for uh, his village, I think is what I've heard. So he's... And he's... I think it sort of eats him up inside that he has to fight anybody to, to sort of... Uh, help his cause okay i might be going from like an off-translated manual I, um that does that does sound like a better story um but so yeah he, Dalsum, he, he wants to be pacifist yet he breathes fire at everybody seems like yeah like, it's a bit that, of a that's contradiction just, that's just any fire yoga fire yoga, yoga fire but but it's also kind of like when you look at his fighting style too, it's all about keeping a distance, you know, light attacks from afar to slowly wear down your opponent. Right. Which does kind of fit with like what Dalsum is as a character, you know, somebody who doesn't want to like pummel people. He doesn't even want to like get close or get aggressive. He just kind of wants to subdue them. Well, well he's really, or set them on fire. Yeah. <laughs> he's well, he's real, really wiry. And he's basically like uh what Mr. Was it Mr. Fantastic? What I think he just has the stretchy yeah. limbs. And I think if you look up his weight and his um, and his height, it says variable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is one thing I do love about the original Street Fighter characters, like all of their the way they control, like the way their um, the, their balances are, are very much complement like who the characters are thematically. 
you know, E Honda being all about like, you know, strong quick strikes and like getting your opponent into a corner, right? Like just like a sumo, uh, the same way Blanca's moves are kind of weird and sometimes unpredictable because he's just a monster who the hell knows what he's coming from. Um, Ryu's and Ken's are the most disciplined moves of like the bunch, which kind of fit with like their fighting style. Um, and so forth. Yeah. Like, I don't know, just a side observation just about them. I, I just, it's, it's, it's a nice little detail about Street Fighter 2's characters, just kind of how like they're both their image, their character type narratively and their play style all kind of complement each other. But yeah, that's sorry. That's all I'll say on that. Oh, that's uh, I was gonna say that's that's really profound. I was I actually did not even have that in my head to like look at their the disciplined level uh, versus the style of of gameplay. Because yeah, it, like if you look at the three care, there are three characters there that have the mash one button and a flurry of attacks is happening, right? And it it makes sense that it's the monster the uh, you know the the powerful sumo, and then uh, then Chun Li who thunder thighs. <laughs> she's she's powerful. She yeah. is. Don't call yeah. her thunder thighs. That's that's so negative. Well, well I think the, the, I heard the creator was obsessed with her legs. So <laughs> yep. I believe that. And, yeah. But it is kind of cool how like all the just all the different characters have like one like um, Sagat has really tall. And has the reach, but I think he's a little faster than most of the. But usually, most of the big characters don't move very fluid, fast, or fluidly. I think he's sort of the the anomaly in in the game. It seems like. Yeah, he he gets this. He seems to be the roadblock. I think for a lot of people playing through arcade mode. Um, I was just gonna say he's unfair. That's why he's that yeah. fast. He's well, he, unfair. He, he's unfair. He's got <laughs> so he has his own projectile attack um we brought up briefly hadoukens for kenan and ryu um sagat has it as well except he can do them he has two different tiers that he can launch those things at um on top of just some of the most ridiculously overpowered uh moves i think of any character in the game even even more so i think than than bison but um I don't like him. Tiger, Tiger. everything. Just, uh, yeah. They, they, uh, the computer knows how to set people up. It was, it was, it was designed to set people up to put them in a spot where he can exploit. <laughs> it seems silly that we're looking at at AI built in in the you know early '90s and just being like, yeah, they're they're definitely. Uh, forcing certain player behaviors and as a result it's just it's can be brutally unfair anyways well, um he was he was a quarter eater that's it <laughs> he was a quarter eater there you go yes he was you're like you're almost at the end now let's try and squeeze every last little bit of change that we can get out of you yeah that's a good point uh teaching eight-year-olds how to swear thank you capcom yeah, so he's one of the bosses so one of the one of the um i guess the next like bank of characters would be we need to talk about the new challengers, or we could talk about the bosses. Like from, um, well, the bosses technically came first, I guess. Um, sure. uh, oh, oh, you know, you know, obviously from the beginning game on, though they weren't playable until uh, two turbo or two champion edition. Um, but the four grandmasters, um, also known as the four heavenly kings of Shadowloo, um, in later versions, um, are basically M Bison and his four generals. Um, 
the generals being you have uh, first you have Balrog, the boxer, who's his enforcer. Um, the guy who kind of keeps like the grunts in line uh, on the ground, um, but also in certain versions kind of is responsible for accumulating a lot of the wealth for Shadowloo. Um, you mostly see that in the anime versions, but it's been kind of established that in addition to like, you know, keeping the thugs in line and kind of running operations on the ground, he is also the guy who collects a lot of the money. Um, so yeah, basically he's the muscle. He's the enforcer of Shadowloo. Um, and then you have Vega, who is the assassin, uh, Bison's assassin. Uh, the best way I can describe uh, Vega, and I, I had to write this down because the description is so off the wall insane. Spanish matador ninja sociopathic assassin. That, that is sounds, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Vega is insane. Like the thing is he's a, he's a Spanish aristocrat who works for Bison. Um, his whole thing, he has like this ninja training mixed with a uh, matador skill um, mixed with uh, his experience uh, fighting in cages with a giant claw attached to one of his hands that makes him a pretty trained assassin. Uh, so whenever Bison's needs somebody taken out, um, you know, expertly plucked out of a place, usually Vega is his kind of go-to for that. Um, he has other assassins they introduce later, but uh, we'll get to that. Um, so those, so so far you've got the Enforcer and you have the Assassin. Then you have the Champion, who's Sagat. Um, now we've already kind of covered Sagat, so I won't go too much into it. But yeah, like after he lost to Ryu, he became obsessed with trying to beat Ryu, finding, finding Ryu again and beating him. And Ryu went off the map after Street Fighter 1. Nobody could find him for the most part between Street Fighter 1 and Street Fighter 2. Um, even if you look at the Alpha games, it was people, a lot of people trying to find him and not finding him. Um, so basically at a desperate, like, you know, Sagat is known as basically kind of an honorable man at heart, but he goes down this really dark path because of his loss to Ryu and the scar that he gives him. Um, so he eventually becomes uh, Bison's bodyguard, his right-hand man, basically, um, and one of the four kings of Shadowloo. Um, and he does all of this just so we can get a chance at a rematch with Ryu, another fight, another chance to fight him. Um, and uh, yeah, for the story of Street Fighter 2, that's it. They, they really mess with that canon in the Alpha games, but again, we're not going to touch that. Yeah, and um, from, a, from a timeline perspective, me being the uninformed, Alpha comes between one and two then that's right okay okay that helps yeah. me kind of grasp because to me i just know about them chronologically as they were released so I, uh, but yeah it makes yeah. sense well, yeah the the idea of alpha was basically um there was no tournament it was just stories of the fighters of street fighter encountering each other between the two tournaments that was okay. like the whole the whole crux of alpha um but yeah like so so you have Sagat, then you have M. Bison, who, again, the leader of Shadow Law. Um, he, he, most of his background is kind of shouted mystery beyond the fact he wields psycho power. Um, he has a complete absence of good in this body. He wants to, he basically wants to take over the world and he has the means to do it. And he's considered like the greatest fighter to ever live. That, well, you know, that's the reputation he gets because he, the most of the people who fight him don't even get to live after. Uh, see the Street Fighter movie with Raul Julia, or, or don't. No one's actually going to blame you for that. Oh, come on. <laughs> you got to oh. give it a chance. Oh. You, you, know, you, you know something you can make an amazing drinking game out of it? And if you can watch that game with friends and a few beer, then yes, absolutely watch the Street Fighter movie. Um, uh, but if you're, on your, if you're on your own and you're looking for tasteful cinema, nah, maybe <laughs> not. 
Well, that's fair. I think I think from a video game movie perspective, we're not talking about top of the top of the you know, cream of the crop here. It's it, it didn't win an Emmy, <laughs> but it won. But you know what? It did win my heart. Can I ask I, a quick question about M. Bison? Maybe someone can answer it. I've heard yeah. he's just like a spirit, right? He's not really a uh, body. Well, well, I think Tim can talk better than I can about that. <laughs> uh, sorry, man. I didn't want to. Oh, no, no, um, no. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, essentially, it's not the bison so much as spirit. Um, but when he mastered psycho power, part of that was the ability to, um, if needed, be switch your essence from one body to another. Um, and that's something bison does. Like technically, the bison, uh, the body that bison has in Street Fighter Two, isn't his first body. Um, technically, his first body got destroyed in the Alpha games. But again, um, we won't touch on that too hard. But even after two. Um, Bison gets destroyed and he eventually does come back in another replacement body for part four. And then I'm pretty sure another replacement body for part five. I could be wrong on the last one. Um, but to talk about M. Bison and the defeat of M. Bison, um, this kind of brings to the last character. Um, one, one of the last characters outside the new challengers, which is Akuma. Because Akuma is the guy who actually beats M. Bison, uh, who kills M. Bison, actually. Um, it's kind of a secret ending in uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. You have to do, you have to beat the arcade version under certain conditions to get even fight Akuma. Uh, but what will happen is Akuma will come out. Um, he'll do his uh, move that's called like the Shingo Gosatsu or Instant Hell Murder. Um, I like the Instant Hell Murder name a bit better. Um, he comes and he just straight up murders M. Bison, and he's the final boss instead because of that. Um, and that's been made canon because. Um, in bringing out all the strongest fighters, um, Akuma wasn't part of the tournament, but he was watching Ryu. Um, and he eventually viewed Bison as somebody who just had to be destroyed. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of evil. Like, he's basically an evil... <sighs> he's like an evil Ryu, kind of, kind of, even though there is an evil Ryu character in Ultra Street Fighter 2 and, like, other versions. Well, I was just gonna ask about that, because I'm asking you and Chris, because you guys are the, the experts. Like the whole thing with Akuma is he's watching Ryu because Ryu has a little bit of that evil in him. And I think that the the story, and maybe it's not the canon story, is that like it's kind of off character for him to perform the move on Sagat in the very first game. It's it seems like it's like a dirty move. And the idea is supposed to be that that evil escaped him for a moment at the end of the fight. He Shoryuk and Sagat and almost killed him. And then it gives a little bit of more of a of a you know a backstory to Sagat. Like he's out for revenge because he got done wrong <laughs> like, you, know, you know what i mean he got done dirty so he's like it, it, it adds a little bit of a flavor to it but they they don't really touch on it so much and like i said it, it comes up later um when akuma kind of hits the story that there's this evil inside ryu that he's also trying to master which is also kind of part of the reason that he's off the map is that accurate like is that that's actually very accurate um okay. because it, the thing is it's something that didn't get introduced when street fighter 2 came out um that's an idea that got introduced in the street fighter alpha manga which quickly got um, put into a game in Street Fighter Alpha 2. Um, and that introduced the idea of the Dark Hado, or the Satsui no Hado, which is basically like... Uh, the best way I can put it is, think of Akuma as like Vader to reuse Dar Lu uh, Luke Skywalker. That's the best analogy I can think of. Um, because for Ryu's uh, power of the Hado, there's like a... There's a dark version of that which is technically what the fighting style was originally designed for. Um, it was called the Assassin's Fist uh, for killing. It was meant for killing. 
Um, but Ryu's ver Ryu and Ken's master taught them like a non-violent or a more peaceful version of that that didn't involve the urge to kill people. Um, but basically the difference is giving in to the urge to want to murder your opponent because you have that much power inside of you. Akuma is like the version who gave into it, while Ryu is like the opposite of that but struggles. Um, and that's a bit more of an alpha, um, a Street Fighter alpha plot line, but it does bleed into Street Fighter because by Street Ultra Street Fighter 2, Evil Ryu and Violent Ken are both characters and they both kind of relate to that. Um, well, Violent Ken being uh, mind controlled by M. Bison Ken, but Evil Ryu also being that character and Shinakuma being a version of Akuma that's completely absorbed by it. Like Akuma as he is now has some of his humanity left. Shinakuma does not like he's a demon basically at this point. Um, and that's kind of like the path that Ryu could go down. Um, but the idea was that he got taken down. Like he took down Sagat in that moment. He let the dark Hado kind of take over him and he gave him that scar. And ever since then, the rest of street fighter is him trying to take most of street fighter is him trying to tame that to uh, know to not become Akuma quick Sorry. side, quick side Akuma question here. Um, Absolutely. Uh, isn't he like, the Ryu and Ken's trainer's brother too, or something. I thought I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know hundred percent if that's Canon. Like I know there's like anime versions where they say, I believe think they say that. Um, and I think he's overall supposed to be the brother. Um, but yeah, Goken or, um, Gotetsu, um, who was Ryu and Ken's master was killed by Akuma. Like he, he, you'll see actually interesting note on that. Um, the beads that you see him wear in super street fighter two turbo, like those giant um, Buddhist beads that around his chest, he got those from he got those as a trophy after he killed their master. I was just going to say, I think um, I think we were just talking about Ve all the bosses. I just want to touch a little bit on Vega. So from what I understand, he is sort of a, sort of aristocrat by day, assassin by night. I think he was kind of the pretty boy in the Street Fighter universe, and he's very obsessed and vain with the. Uh, he always compliments all the women that for their beauty, and I think they were saying that he killed his um his stepfather because he was too ugly for his his mother. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, but um, and I think, and I remember Balrog. They were saying um, it's basically a Mike Tyson. I think they're they're sort of a nod to Mike Tyson. He's just basically a bigger version. He's kind of a bit of a lunkhead. And he, I think he was thrown out of boxing for, I think he accidentally killed somebody. And I think he's been known to headbutt and, and fight dirty. So I think he had to uh, turn to street fighting. Yeah, everything I read about it said that he was banned for just brutality in the ring. They say whether he killed someone, I wouldn't be shocked. But um, probably the reason why M. Bison recruited them in the first place. Listen yeah, I, and it, it's, it's wor worth noting, and, and this is something that uh, is a minor difference between the um Japanese release of the game and 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 other areas um there was some concern initially uh the M Bison character was going to be the boxer um or it is the boxer in in Japan um there was concern of potential lawsuits bringing that over to the states and so they did a little bit of a shuffle uh with everyone except for Sagat um so uh, initially, Vega was to be the character that we all know is M. Bison. Um, hold on, let me let me flip that around. The, the dictator, hey, which is 
this is how they do the, I guess they clarify this in international uh, tournaments. The dictator character uh, in Japan is Vega. For us, it's M. Bison. The uh, clause is, uh, was Balrog in Japan and Vega for us. And then, uh, like I said, we had, we had Balrog as the boxer and then they had him as M. Bison. So, uh, interesting little bit of, of localization just to kind of skirt something that was, I mean, it, it was definitely, there's no doubt that it was inspired by this individual, but, um, I guess they just wanted to avoid avoid any kind of major issues coming up with that. But there are some additional characters. So one of one of the interesting things you you brought up through the lore, right? As you add new iterations of this game, you know there are and I didn't even count how many different editions. You know, we even have new edition of this game coming out last year, um, and. So with each edition, there's a little bit of a little bit more added to um, to this, right? We have you now have the the Akuma character, not a part of uh, the original release, World Warrior, not a part of of Turbo or the Special Championship Edition, uh, and then you get into Super Street Fighter Two, and then that adds four additional characters on top of the playable bosses which got added in turbo. Um, but yeah, uh, about the new challengers. Yeah. Yeah. Where, how, where, where do they fit in? How, how do, how do you integrate these new characters uh, story wise? Um, well, well, half of them were just kind of there to be there. Uh, kind of like, you know, guys like Honda and Zangief were, um, and the other half were tied to M Bison. Um, you had Fei Long. Uh, who was, he was basically Bruce Lee, for lack of a better way to put it. I mean, one look at him and you're like, okay, Bruce Lee, even his moves are very Bruce Lee-ish. Um, but his whole thing is he's a Hong Kong movie star um, who just wants to test his skills on the world arena. He 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 kind of is the Bruce Lee what uh, Johnny Cage is to Jean-Claude Van Damme in Mortal Kombat. Like that kind of analog for, uh, you know, celebrity uh, action star. Um, but that's 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 essentially the long and short of Fei Long. Um, and uh, and on top of Fei Long, you have DJ, who ooh, DJ was like the first character who was ever designed by Capcom USA, uh, to my understanding. And well, DJ is what we got. DJ is a musician, um, kickboxer from Jamaica, uh, who's all about feeling the rhythm. Um, and he, sorry. Um, <laughs> Now he was he was designed after Billy Blanks though, right? The the Tybo guy. That that would sound about right. The haircut and everything is just like it's identical. If if you put them side to side, you can definitely see the influence. Um, he's he's not a very deep character. He was just basically there to have an extra fighter and have a kickboxer. Um, Storyline wise, he's never been more than just yeah man, feel the rhythm, you know, kind of character. Um, he's got his maracas. Yeah, he's got his maracas, he's got his dance, he's got a solo career. They've never apparently played a song by him in Street Fighter ever. Maybe that's a small mercy, I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's there's not much more to him than that. Um, then on top of that, you've got um, two other characters. you got T-Hawk, who has a little bit of tie to the main uh, story, mostly because M. Bison kind of forced him and his people off their land, and they had to, like, they got forced to Mexico. 
Um, so uh, T-Hawk's whole thing is going into the tournament to fight, you know, fight a bison and get his land back. He doesn't really factor into the main Street Fighter story beyond that, um, beyond the fact that he has a beef with M. Bison. And it's funny, if you look at the Street Fighter 2 animated movie, his big contribution is getting Shoru Kenned by Ken in a warehouse. That's his big contribution to the movie. Um, and that's pretty much it. I found a little bit more than that, but not much more. It was, I think, he, I think M. Bison um, kidnapped his, I think his wife or girlfriend to and enslaved her, and then I think killed his father, I think. So I think that's about as much as I could find on T-Hawk. Okay. I don't know. I, I It could be murder. I, I thought I read kidnapped, but, you know, with the retcons, again, it's it, it can be anyone's guess, but no, that, that does sound right, because Bison is more someone to murder than kidnap, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, um, that just leaves Cammy. Um, Cammy being probably the more significant, the most significant um, of the new challengers. Uh, she's probably the only one. She She's like one of those characters that has like the most longevity uh, for a female Street Fighter outside of Chun-Li. Um, but her whole thing is she's a British uh, special agent um, who's part of an elite team who um, infiltrates a Street Fighter tournament to uh, find them bison and kind of learn more about her past. Uh, because basically she has amnesia. She showed up on the by a British intelligent building one day and got trained. Um, but she has no idea who she was like before that. And one thing you find out... Um, well, what they, they try and throw you a curve into her ending by saying that her and Bison were in love, um, which is total horseshit. Um, what actually what happened was that she was an assassin brainwashed by M. Bison as part of a group called the Dolls. Um, her code name was Killer B. Um, and she was like basically their strongest doll. Um, Bison had this phase where he basically kidnapped a bunch of um, uh, girls from like uh, villages he destroyed and ran over basically. Um, brainwash them, um, force them to serve only him, and then train them to be killing machines. Um, and Cammy was kind of a pro- and Cammy was a product of that. Um, now, depending on who, where you check on who woke Cammy up from that, it kind of varies. Um, there's a comic version that says it's uh, an alpha character named Rose, which I kind of like. But um, one a, a theory I've read and I can't confirm, but I really like, is that it was Dulcum that did it. Uh, Dulcum was able to like kind of like she you know she tried to fight Dulcum. He uses you know yoga mind powers on her to kind of wake her up, and left her somewhere where somebody could take care of her. And then she became an agent because of it. Um, I don't know if that's the canon story, but I it's the story I like to go by because it's the only one I've been able to find. And yeah, that's pretty much the story of all the char- all the characters in total. I don't think we're missing anybody. I mean, there's Violent Ken, who's basically like a brainwashed um, version of Ken um, by M Bison. He, who basically they infuse him with psycho power and let him fight Ryu and then Ryu beats him. And then Ken wakes up and that's finally Ken. Yeah. So, so anyone out there who's looking at this fighting game and saying, there's no story here. Uh, there you have it. Uh, there, there is a ton. And the more that you're willing to dive into it, especially uh, like, like was said, there's, there's movies and anime and animated movies and cartoons and a uh, brief comic, um, very brief comic, uh, that all just that sort of be. all sort of encompass this. What was this this monster of an intellectual property? Um, so shifting away from lore, I, I have to ask. Uh, now that we've addressed all of the characters, uh, I want to know. 
favorites. Um, Chris, let's start with you. Who's your favorite character? I'd say Chun Li. Um, I don't know why. I I guess he's probably. I think I've heard a, a few people in club say she's probably the most accessible, and I think her moves are fairly easy to pull off, and uh, she controls well. Yeah. Do you do you tend to specifically then like? All things being equal, is she is she your she your go to then, or is uh, do you uh, have others that you kind of that or Ryu? I sort of uh, sort of I think they're probably the two most popular characters. I'd say there's probably uh, ones I use most. Okay, excellent. Raiho, favorite character and or go to? Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's not. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually different. Um, uh, the first time I played this game, like I said, I was drawn to Blanca. He's probably like my my favorite character in that I, I think he's got he doesn't have much of a storyline, so you can kind of make up whatever you want in your head, I guess, in a way. But he's such an interesting character. He's so off the wall and crazy and strange. But I cannot beat the game with him um, because what I realized pretty quickly with playing with that character is I needed a, I needed a fireball attack, so I shifted to Ryu. Um, and that he's the guy that I would say if I if I had a main, it's Ryu. That's the guy that I play the most as. And over time, he became so significant in a sense. Like um, for a long time, when I used to play at the arcades, I wouldn't put my initials when I would have like my initials up on a board. I'd put Ryu. Um, he, I just really fell for that character. I thought he was so cool. Um, but I was always drawn to Blanca. So in a way, it's like I want to say Blanca is my favorite character because I think he's so neat and different. But I always go to that vanilla Ryu because you can you can shoot a fireball in two seconds it's not like it's not even a charge attack or anything like that it's just boom it's out there you know what i mean it's, his moves are so quick and um i think they're fairly accessible once you get used to the whole quarter turn full turn kind of a concept um which is a bit of a i think it could be a bit of a stepping block the first time you play one of these games learning that whole that whole concept like a character like Blanca, you just have to charge you know hold back for a few seconds and unleash kind of a thing but um I think a character like Ryu eventually, once you get into it, is a lot easier to use. So I, I kind of fell that way, but I always thought Blanca was so cool. That's good. So Ryan, you said that Dalsim was kind of the first that kind of rose to the top for you. Is is he your favorite or do you have others? No, and the reason why I kind of don't play him is I feel as if they're cheap. You know, there's a few characters I feel as cheap in the game here. And I'm not criticizing anyone if they want to play us, but to me, it's just like it's to me it's not fun i guess to play that that style of sit back and try to kick or punch from a distance i i, I just don't like it um it's not as fun for me um the characters i think the first one i really really liked was vega playing as him because he's so fast and uh, it i loved i thought like it was cool he had like a wolverine claw for a minute and he was wearing a mask uh, granted that breaks from time uh, but i just liked how fast he was um I also then play like Ken. Ken is I and so just just because everyone plays as Ryu, um, I just feel as if like he does. He's the I feel as almost if he's a clone, but um, just just because he's not Ryu, I guess you know because the Ryu Ken fight style is, I think probably I guess if you're gonna start off with learning the game, maybe it's a good one to go to. It's like the basics, um, but I just go with Ken because he's not Ryu and I guess he's from the USA. Um, and but I really do enjoy playing Sagat, is my favorite. Um, I love the whole tiger knee, tiger punch, tiger uppercut, um, the leg reach. And I just like when he laughs after you know, after winning a match, he's he's my favorite, he's my main. 
Uh, but Ken's probably a follow-up, if not Vega. So, and Tim, how about how about you? Favorite character and or and or main? Um, it, it definitely varies from versions of Street Fighter, but uh, for Street Fighter Two, um, probably either E Honda or Balrog. Those charge characters. Um, I, I don't know. Just I, I kind of find like initially, like when I first played the game, at least uh, my gameplay style is a little bit different now. But um, when I first started playing Street Fighter, I remember thinking. Why even have a light or a medium attack when you can just hit strong all the time? And um, guys like Balrog and Honda were perfect for that. Um, and it became less of a game of combos at that point as like waiting out your opponent or trying to predict what their move was going to be beforehand and hitting them with something way heavier before that, um, which was my play style for years. And um, plus, I also, especially in later versions with Balrog, trying to do that thing with the turn punch where you hold down all three buttons um, for three seconds to let go. You you can go, you can walk through projectiles if you time it right. And I love trying to do that with him. Um, wasn't always easy to do, but um, yeah, like pre, for the early Street Fighter games, it was definitely the powerhouses for sure. Minus Zangief for whatever reason. Yeah, people kind of put Zangief in a different category just because he's not doesn't really have a whole lot of defense uh, at range. Uh, I think it's. I always felt it was how comfortable you were with his um, full circle uh, spinning pile driver. Mm. Like if you could pull that move off consistently, you probably would use them a lot more. But I don't know. I wasn't great with it. There's some weird glitches. Um, I, was, I was looking. I was just looking up stuff out of curiosity. I saw there were some strange glitches where you can uh, do a uh, suplex uh, from anywhere on the screen. Regardless of where the where the competitor is, like if you block, there's a, some combination you can hit. Uh, this may be arcade only, but um, if somebody's spamming you with projectiles, there's a way to just grab them and suplex them on the spot. Oh man, I saw a compilation of that. I think it was called like Zangief pile drives everything. It was just all these bullshit <laughs> glitches of Zangief. Just like you know, someone would throw a fireball, he would like grab through the fireball and do a spinning pile driver. Yep. Um, like Blanca would try and do like his uh, rolling ball attack, he would grab somehow out of that and do a pile driver. Yeah, there's some yeah, there's some there's some interesting stuff that you can find. Uh, the thing I found a lot of the the caveats were like, don't do this in an arcade; it'll soft lock. Like this glitch will soft lock the machine, and they'll have to reboot it. So just just don't. This is a thing, but don't do it. Uh, anyways, I'm getting off off subject here uh you brought up e honda e honda is a, in a character is a character that i uh like to play as but uh, he's not necessarily my favorite but i do like he has his he uh his heavy punch attack is this overhand chop any airborne anyone who opens with a airborne attack it's the perfect way to stop that uh or at least it worked well in my most recent playthrough that that was how i shut down like because uh, uh, M. Bison tends to like to jump on your head to start combos, uh, and this is a great way to kind of combat that. My favorite character, though, is Guile. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons that that I like e Honda, I just I, I prefer charge moves over um, over the quarter turns and the half turns and things like that. It just uh, I, I like the fact that you can you basically can already be pre-charged to start a, to start a round so like if you wanted to start with a flash kick or you wanted to start with a uh 
Sonic, Sonic Boom. Boom. Uh, you can. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think there's that. I think there's some of the swagger with the character. I, I really like his uh, his level and his music, which this would be a perfect opportunity to go right into levels and stages and music. Round three, fight! One of the big things on Street Fighter is is this iconic arcade sound and how well that's been replicated with in all the different editions. Uh, and it's it's crazy to hear how much the Street Fighter music permeates other things as well. We uh, there's uh, is it Guile's theme gets used by some hockey teams when a fight happens. Uh, there's a, there's been a few instances of that, but uh, Ken's music, Ryu's music, I'd, there's a lot of great, great, great tracks. I kind of want to let you guys talk about that for for a second here, but I, let's start with Ryan. What's what's one of your favorite uh, favorite levels and may, or maybe the music from that level? It, Kyle's theme is the most memorable in my in my head, basically, and maybe it's from the. You know the videos online. The you know you can look it up. Uh, the everything goes great with Guile's theme. There's it's it's just fantastic. It's you know the it's just one of those ones that sticks in your head. Ryu's theme's great. Ken's great, you know theme's great. Those are like levels I really you know like I get happy when there's like the next one to to come up for me. But uh, Guile's theme is number one for me uh, on the soundtrack. Tim, how about you? Favorite uh, favorite level track. Um, probably one of my favorite levels would be, um, it's not my favorite track, uh, but my favorite level will probably be Balrogs. Um, just the casino, like the casino level, um, largely because I think more significance than anything else. It was like, you're kind of used to playing the regular modes in the first three fighter two. Right. But that's the first time you get to a level where you're like, Oh, Hey, I've never been here before. Um, though a close second would probably be Vegas level because climbing that wall it just the fact that there's a level that lets you do that that has like a special attribute i really liked um but for music probably the true end theme um it, it's it's basically an ending theme that you get if you beat it um this part i can't remember i think it's level six or above without losing a continue oh my <laughs> um if not losing a continue losing a round like the the, the requirements are pretty high um but it is totally worth it. Um, I, I can't recommend YouTubing just um, Street Fighter Two um, ending theme. It's it's just it's oh it's musical bliss. It's so perfect for the end of like what Street Fighter is. Um, I don't know. I I can't speak highly enough about it. Although I also do love Ken's theme, partially because it's the version of a cheap trick song. <laughs> Mighty oh, Wings from uh, yeah from uh, Top Gun, right? Yes. Um, so, and also, there's a really um, super Street Fighter 2 HD remix um, 
which came out for like last gen of consoles, uh, PS3 and Xbox 360. Um, the menu theme starts with this unbelievable remix of uh, Ken's theme. Um, I think done by the guys at OC Remix, but um, who are like this online uh, group of people who just do like video game remixes, really, really good ones. Um, but yeah, those would be the tops for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Raiho. Favorite level, favorite favorite music? Um, I, I've always liked, um, it's kind of bland, I guess, but I've always kind of added more in my head, but I've always liked Sagat's stage. Maybe not the music, but the stage. I always like that that down kind of statue. And I, I like I said, I usually play as Ryu, so when you get to Sagat, it's like the significant fight. And I always put more crap in my head than <laughs> that's actually in the game, but kind of imagining them fighting in this like desolate area with this huge broken statue. I always thought that was cool. Um, and I, I mentioned it before, it's kind of an off-ball one, but I, I really like Blanca's stage and theme too. Um, that always sticks in my head. Like I, even after playing it recently, like I, for like two days in my head, I'd be think, like kind of doing Blanca's theme in my head. Um, and I just like the stage, kind of colorful, a little different, kind of a kind of a different vibe. So, um, but I mean, Guile's theme is probably my favorite. Like if I'm actually gonna go and and kind of pick up a track, that's kind of the one I go for. Now I'm super interested to listen to that. I've never heard that theme that Tim's talking about because I've never beaten the game on anything more than like normal difficulty or whatever. So I'm gonna have to go check that out afterwards. Um, and uh, I'll have to check out that OC remix too. Yeah, I think I'm I'm in the same boat there. Chris, do you have a favorite level from the game or maybe level music? Ah, uh, I guess my favorite um, track is Ken's theme, and um, I I don't know why. Kind of like Chen Li's uh, just fight that. Uh, I think I don't know where you are. That uh, Chinese city, that street. Um, I thought that was kind of cool, and. Uh, uh, Dalsim's uh, theme is kind of interesting because they have that synth sitar, looping synth sitar um, line um, with the horns. I thought that was just sort of interesting. I guess how the developers put that little sound chip to work and just was a little surprised because it's not because usually arcades, uh, of course, have that that nice board with the Yamaha chip and all. They can ha get a lot, have a lot more sound channels to work with, but I guess they're it's kind of impressive what they were able to get out of this uh, part. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's all kinds of little additional effects and sounds that you get. Like, you get the elephants in uh, Dalsim's stage. Um, I mean, uh, obviously, depending on who wins, you get certain audio cues as well, like um, Sagat's laugh or uh, Blanca does a kind of thing. Uh, it's it uh yeah they 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 certainly did quite a bit and i i think uh but those levels aren't just the only levels um you know and uh as became kind of again another sort of set the standard thing uh is street fighter 2 interjected these bonus stages that would show up every third match uh and there were a variety of different ones. Uh, I, I know that in the Turbo Edition, uh, you know, the first one, maybe it's not always this first one, but it, it, it's it's one of these. But you are you beat up a car, uh, or you beat up a pile of bricks, or you catch a barrel, you know, barrels coming off of a conveyor belt, or, like, what do you guys think of the, the kind of addition of these... Uh, these bonus stages really don't do much aside from score boosting. Uh, Raiho, do you, do you have any thoughts on the inclusion of these, or you know, did did you enjoy these? 
I, I always thought they were bizarre um, in the game. I, I, I feel like they're just a little, like a, maybe a palate cleanser or give you a brief break. Sometimes you get into some some loops with some of the enemies. Like when you get to Vega and, sorry, yeah, Vega and, um, and, and Sagat, like it gives you a little breather before, but they're just kind of fun little mini games, I guess. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think it's usually card, then bricks. And I think in the original home ports it was just the two and then they added the uh the barrel one into the turbo games i think it was in turbo and probably in uh probably in its counterpart on the genesis uh, the champion edition they were in the arcade but they, they didn't port all three of them over initially but i've always just kind of thought of them that way it's kind of like a brief little thing where you can take chill out but at the same time it was kind of a joke because i always plays ryu if you do a hard kick you cannot like except for the barrel fight like you can destroy the bricks and the car no problem like this it's a joke um, so I was, that was kind of strange, but the, the barrel one's kind of fun because they're actually trying to, I'm always trying to do the hard kick straight up to try to catch oh, them before they land everything on my head. That's good. Uh, Ryan, did you have any, did you enjoy the little reprieve that these, uh, that these levels gave you or, or do you have any, uh, I, anyone that was your favorite over others? I mean, the car one's pretty, pretty memorable in my, in, you know, my head from playing this game. Um, so the car one's probably my favorite, but I hate the barrel one. The barrel one I'm terrible at, and I was just getting knocked over. And it's, I mean, they, they are they are a nice little fun break from the game that you're playing, but I could do without the barrel one. That's one of those ones I just wanted to get it over with when I play that. So just one thing I wanted to make a note on the bonus stage, um, just because I don't think anybody mentioned it. Um, it's also kind of, the car bonus stage is actually a Final Fight reference. Yeah, you know, you know that mentioned that too. Like, isn't Cody in one of the levels from Final Fight? Um, he's like a background character, I believe, and I can't remember. Maybe he's not in the original game, but he's in definitely a couple of them where he's just in the background. They intertwine the characters like a lot, actually, later on in a lot of games. Tim can speak to it more, but they yeah. they bring in like Hagar. There's actually a combination with this weird wrestling game on the Super Nintendo too. Like, there's there's, Slam there's connections. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, just say it's just like a little note because like Final Fight was originally going to be a Street Fighter game called Street Fighter 89, but um, that bonus stage kind of was kind of like that one little the, the first time they ever really had a connection between the two games was in yeah, Street Fighter 2 with the car breaking stage, minus the guy who comes out and goes, Oh my god, or Oh my car. Was that exclusive to the arcade? Because I never had I never had that that guy show up in the home version. He he does show up in the arcade version. It's like one of the random thugs. He just goes, "Oh my god!" I, I can't remember if it's. Oh, I think it depends on the version. It's either "Oh my god" or "Oh my car." Nice. The only thing I remember from that is if if you don't destroy like the car, then your I think your character looks kind of dejected at the end. Like if you don't if you don't smash the car up to the point where it's completely destroyed. <laughs> but I could have taken it or leave. I could I could take it or leave it. I guess. Yeah, it's the same animation they use if you lose from a timeout, I think. Oh, like the Ryu does the like look to the side and down, yeah, arms folded type thing. Blanca just has the hangdog expression. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and you get you get a fair amount of of expression. Uh, yeah, and, and I guess yeah, it being a sixteen bit uh, game graphically. Uh, Certainly, it certainly utilizes the real estate that it has, the pixel count and all of that. You get a lot of uh, good visuals. Uh, let's just kind of have you guys talk about the, the graphics of it a little bit. And maybe we um, maybe we talk more about the home versions just because I think most people 
have more experience with the home versions, but I, I mean, feel free to talk about whatever iteration and if it's the HD remix version and, uh, you know, like, uh, what do you guys think about this graphically? Like, um, you know, did you have favorite, favorite things that you would see? I, I guess we're kind of almost looping back into the stages again, cause a lot of that falls into graphics, but, um, you know, what did you guys think of how this looks? Chris, I want to start with you on just your, your thoughts of it from a visual standpoint. Um, I don't know. I guess it's, I mean, it's very colorful. They definitely used all the, th I thought they used, especially in Turbo and some of the other, for other iterations, they used, they made good uh, usage of all the color, the uh, pet color palette and the, um, and as the, and of course, as the game goes along, it gets the characters are more detailed and they're, they, I think they're a little bigger and, um, but I, mean, I I liked all the cutscenes too, all the little sort of Ryu sort of walking away at the end of the end of the game, sort of further want to go on with his training. Yeah, but, and you're 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 talking about like the vignettes that you get, like as sort of the kind of epilogue uh, closeout of each individual character's story, right? Yeah. yeah, and I thought all the animations were really smooth, of course, and then. Especially if you compare it to the first game, it was a big, a big leap. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it, it's and it's one of those that depending on what edition you have, the speed of the game has to keep up with it. Uh, oh. You've got you've got turbo, and you've got what suck five. at turbo. <laughs> you got you have multiple layers of of speed that it needs to be able to run at and look good at. Um, but yeah. Tim, let me let me throw to you and get sort of your your thoughts on 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 this. Maybe maybe where this stands compared to other sixteen bit fighting games. I know that you've got a lot of expertise when it comes to that. But what do you feel about Street Fighter II's from a graphic standpoint? Um, well, I, I know when I first saw the game, like as a kid, I, I I remember first thinking, okay, I've never seen anything like this. Like I'd maybe seen like bigger sprites in a game, like violence fight or something, which side note was what I thought street fighter one was for a really long time. Um, but I'd never seen anything quite like street fighter. Um, and the funny thing is like uh, other games that kind of came around who also tried to be street fighter. None of them I found looked as good. Um, and there were a million clones of them back in the day. Um, but what really kind of caught my eye anyway uh, with Street Fighter was not so much how it's stacked up to other franchises over time or how it's how it looked compared to other games, but looking at the little visual differences between each version of Street Fighter as it came out. Um, because everything from like, you know, the voice presentation to like the uh, background stages, um, even to the character portraits, you know, they do change between different versions of Street Fighter. Um, most notably between two turbo and uh, super street fighter two um, where the portraits are just completely different. Um, uh, almost a different art style. I want to say, I don't know if the same artist did them or not, um, but all the characters suddenly have this much more, um, all this more personality to their face, especially characters like Blanca. But yeah, like, uh, I don't know, like between all those versions, I'd probably say super street fighter two. Um, would be the standout for me. Um, I didn't have a lot of access to Street Fighter Two Turbo, so I don't can't really tell you the ma mass differences between them. Um, but all those little differences, just the way there was like more color and more animations added to some of the backgrounds, like in Ken's stage, um, 
this you know in addition to stages like you know cammy's gorgeous vistas and things like that in her uk stage which i'm a very big fan of i love the fact you fight on a bridge um i love the fact on like mortal combat there's no option to knock someone off of that bridge um which kind of makes it this fun little precarious stage to be on um more of an element of danger than any other stage in it i guess uh but basically any stage from street fighter super street fighter 2 okay I, I, that's a little long-winded i'm sorry about that no no that, that, that's basically it that's awesome yeah that uh from a home console standpoint that that's that's kind of where i'm at too Raiho, what did what about you on the graphics front do, the, do you have any other other thoughts that you want to throw in here with regards to visuals yeah uh, not a lot to add. just that i was always impressed by the visual fidelity of the game going back to even the first port um, when you see the game in the arcade um, and then you see it at home, they did a really good job of jamming a lot. And I, th I think that goes to, like like Tim was saying, each version has a little bit more. They really, really wanted to get it as close as they could to that arcade port. Um, and as time went and they could add RAM to the carts, like, I might be wrong, but is it two turbo? Like it's a 24 meg cart maybe? Um, I, I could be wrong about that, but I know they, they, they did as much as they could to get close to that arcade perfect port. Um, in the home versions and every game that came out kind of looked and added something like you have in the turbo games and in the um i believe in the uh, again in the genesis version um they added the different colored outfits they had to because that was the first time they included the mirror match um where you could actually fight yourself um so they had they had the, the other color palettes which looked really cool um but uh, ryan and i were talking the other day on, on twitter we were trying to figure out why for some reason on the super nintendo version that's the default color scheme is these new colors, which is kind of weird. You have to actually like try to, you know, you have to hit start kind of like whatever to, to change the outfit or whatever back to the normal outfit. But um, they did a really good job of, of jamming a lot into those carts, um, um, you know, going back to the, the original version even. Um, I just thought, I always thought that it looked really smooth for a, for a port. Um, when you, cause even now, like I looked at a little bit of the original arcade game and looked at the like a turbo and it's just a little bit of frames of animation and you know the sprites are a little bigger in the arcade like they did a really good job and ryan let's let's have, let's give you kind of the last word on on graphics and i th i think we might be at a getting close to to wrapping our main part of this discussion here then um but yeah let's let's hear your thoughts so, on so for this month i i did play both um uh, Genesis and Super Nintendo version of the games. I've played, you know, Turbo uh, for the Super Nintendo, and I played uh, Champions Champions Edition for the Genesis. Um, and I I always thought that the Super Nintendo looked and sounded better, um, and I, I still think maybe that's the case. But honestly, I was pretty surprised by, and maybe it's because I'm using um, better cables now for the Genesis that. Um, how much more I was impressed with how the game looked on the Genesis at the moment. Um, it still sounds better on the Super Nintendo, but the Genesis one doesn't sound too bad. Um, but the one thing I want to mention that I think was, you know, I don't know if it's really covered, but uh, I, I really do like, you know, the stages after you win, basically, like how the, their, their faces are a little bit more beat up and like if Ken loses his face, he's got like the the like droopy jaw going with blood coming from his mouth and everything. Th those those are always kind of pretty memorable for me. For I don't know if it's really graphically, but that's always something that stands out to me. You know, visually about the game is I love those little you know you know where like you know you mentioned that with Guile saying go home and be a family man, you know stuff like that. Basically, I love looking forward to those little screens that come after a victory or a loss. Yeah, and and, and that's really the only portrayal of blood. That you get in the entire thing is these kind of battered 
battered faces uh, that you get as they trash talk each other on the way out. Um, yeah. Now, Chris, you said you were going to try playing the uh, uh, some less conventional editions. Did you did you end up getting around to to play in those those other versions that you were talking about? Yeah, I played um, the the Game Boy version, which is I, I I'd be surprised if that was twenty frames a second. Um, and then what was worse is if you're it's four shades of gray, so they can't really vary the costumes at all. So if you're playing Chun Li versus Chun Li, like I was, they're both the same costume, so you can't tell the difference. You kind of have to you kind of have to be paying close attention when you're and um, I played us. Uh, Street Fighter Two uh, Champion for the um, for the uh, PC Engine, which it ran okay. I would definitely prefer this the Super Nintendo, and I don't really like the um, the av- uh, I think the Avenue Pad, which is sort of their six button controller. It's kind of the um, the directional pad's kind of stiff, and um, but and it, and it runs. I think it runs a little choppy compared to the Street Fighter on Super Nintendo or the Genesis. Well, let me let me then uh, shift to kind of our overall rating thoughts, lasting impressions. Right. Final round fight. For some of us, we you know we played this game for you know twenty five plus years, uh, and for some of us, uh, this game maybe is something that we you know picked up again just just this month uh and and a lot of people from the club uh did uh so i have a couple questions to hit here uh you know the first one being did this make you want to play it again uh and uh would you recommend it to others where do you think it stands in relation to other iterations of street fighter and and but when i say that let's compare it to other numbered versions or uh just not Street Fighter 2 as a all-encompassing uh, and constantly uh, reiterated uh, version there. Uh, and like, where do you where do you feel that this fits compared to other fighting games, including ones that came out in the '90s, of course? Uh, Tim, I want to start with you on kind of that bulk of questions there, <laughs> but one kind of your just sort of overall thoughts on the game. Well, I mean, Street Fighter 2 is kind of the gold standard um, for fighting games. I think it always has been. Um, I think even today, it still pretty much is, uh, at least for in terms of one-on-one fighting games. Um, can you repeat a couple of those questions again? You get the yeah, like, like where do you, where do you, f- you mentioned it being the gold standard. Where, where, where do you feel like it stands against the other, like, like where does it stand against like a Mortal Kombat or a King of Fighters um, or some, some of those other 90s era, um, whether they're imitators or okay. of this or yeah, you know, where, where does it kind of fit in the fighting game landscape? Well, Mortal Kombat, I, I know back in the day was like the biggest competitor to uh, Street Fighter, but in my mind, those games aren't comparable like at all. Like they are completely different fighting games from the ground up. Um, everything about them is completely different. Um, in, 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 I think it's just in terms of like who wants to play what more and how fanboyish people wanted to get about it back in the day. Um, but I don't. I, I think Mortal Kombat's a game that doesn't touch it. Um, SNK definitely. Um, SNK, I'd say they probably weren't. They definitely were successful, but they were like the. They were probably the closest thing to a Capcom game outside of it. But I don't even with them, even with the mechanics they have, I don't think anything touches Street Fighter. Um, 
but Street Fighter 2 is probably it's not my favorite. Street Fighter Alpha is the sweet spot for me. The answer on that, um, it, or, or unless, you mean within the overall Street Fighter series, not just Street Fighter Two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where where does yeah where does Street Fighter Two kind of fit in Street Fighter Two all of the editions in comparison uh, to to the other Street Fighter branches off the tree? It, it's it's definitely subjective. Um, it's the classic, but for me, um, I would probably play Alpha before I would play Two. Usually, if you put a choice in front of me, if I had a choice between Street Fighter Alpha 2 and Street Fighter 2 anything, I'll probably choose Alpha 2 almost every time. Uh, and it's not because I don't love Street Fighter 2. Um, I just love the aesthetic and some of the mechanics in that one a bit more. Um, a second, uh, a close second to that would be Street Fighter 3, then Street Fighter 2. Just okay. Street Fighter 3, a lot of the character, you know, it's some weird selection choice, but by the time you get the third strike, uh, the parry system is just... It's something Street Fighter 2 doesn't really do. It, so it's something Street Fighter 2 doesn't do at all. Um, and while I'm grateful for that franchise for starting everything that it did and informing every single game that came after it, um, it would be it would be at the bottom of my top three in terms of Street Fighter like franchises. Okay. Let me shift to Raiho and get sort of your thoughts of where where you feel. Um, you know, would you recommend Street Fighter 2 to people who haven't played Street Fighter 2? Did those people exist? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, so for me, uh, like Tim just mentioned a bunch of other great games that I can't play because I can't, like I, I for whatever reason, I, I thought I was okay at fighting games when I was a kid. Um, I thought I was okay with Street Fighter and stuff like that. And then this whole like, you know, parry systems and true combo systems and all that stuff. Like Street Fighter went and just went off and it built these amazing systems that I can't, compare with any of that so i like street fighter 2 turbo that's my sweet spot i like playing fast so i can play fast in that game i can up the stars i can put in the code and crank them up to eight or whatever it is and i can play really fast and i, I that's that's my sweet spot um I, i've tried playing like street fighter 4 i think I, I bought ultra street fighter 4 for pretty cheap um put it on my ps3 one day played for about 15 minutes said oh, I'm, I'm good and i like you know put it on the shelf um I just, it just, it, you know, maybe I need something I need to sink some more time into, but just for now, that's just not my my thing. So Street Fighter Two is kind of my sweet spot, um, as compared to other fighting games. Um, you know, it's all about the gimmick, I guess, but none of the gimmicks for me. Like, I was never a big Mortal Kombat guy. I mean, I was to some extent. Everybody wanted to play Mortal Kombat because it was gory and it was kind of different or whatever. Um, I liked Killer Instinct a fair bit, but none of them really compared. Like Tim said, like they, they were fun, they were neat. They had their gimmick or whatever, but nothing for me was as fast or as interesting as Street Fighter. So that was kind of just, I just kind of, that was the one I spent the most time on. So Chris, let's get your kind of lasting impressions, your kind of final thoughts on Street Fighter 2. Um, I would say that I, I probably prefer playing against other people than the computer. Um, but I, I think, I guess my... Maybe it's one I'm most familiar with is Super Street Fighter 2. Um, and it, I definitely preferred it over any of the other fighting games at the time. I played Pit Fighter and the like arcade at 7 Eleven. That was dreadful. Um, and some of the. Uh, I, I, never, I don't know. I never really got into Mortal Kombat. I, I, I always preferred Street Fighter to Mortal Kombat. I think that was always the, the rival sort of franchise at the time. Um, but 
And I think the only really other fighting games I played are like Soul Calibur. My brother, my friend always kicks my ass at that because <laughs> when it starts to get into three D territory, I I just fall apart. Um, but yeah, I would definitely suggest to other friends who to my uh, friends who are into two D fighters for sure. And where do you so but, even with within Street Fighter though, it, like. Have you played any of the other numbered editions, or that is too kind of your? This is this is where I'm comfortable at, and this is where I'm going to stick. I started playing the, uh, the Alpha series for get starting right for the show, just to sort of see, sort of how the aesthetics, um, how how uh, aesthetically different it was, and I think I prefer the art style in Alpha. And then there's just a humongous roster when you get to like. Alpha three, I think. So I might go back and look at those. Yeah, and that and that collection that just came out on the, you know, on all the systems certainly uh, makes that easier. Um, and I was also going to say, there's, um, I was going to say in the, when we were going over the history of the of the um, of the game, there's actually a section for that. I think it's like one of the sort of the um, additions to the 30th anniversary. There's they actually go over the history of each character if anybody's interested in going to like a deep dive so how about the they got their deep dive by listening to this podcast <laughs> they want to go cover any any characters we didn't cover look at the history of any characters we didn't cover i guess for sure for sure excellent all right well then uh for me street fighter 2 is is like i haven't played any of the other numbered ones uh I, beyond yeah, Super Street Fighter 2, the new challengers was kind of my it was my sweet spot and it's basically where where I'm at. Um so I'm interested to see like uh with these later editions like uh, how much of an inspir- you know the core gameplay is there but do we have do it does it have that same feel? Uh and it sounds like from what Tim, you had said that there's just this, there's some other mechanics that have kind of been built on and built on, uh, you know, even even just between those early editions and Super Street Fighter, you've got the 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 little messages coming in that says that you got a combo or you had first attack or you know the the point system that gets kind of built into that. Yeah, all informed by Street Fighter Two, all informed by the original Street Fighter Two. It's just building on what was already great and just making it better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and and yes, Street Fighter compare when you compare it up, you know, hold it up against any competition. I feel like it uh, is definitely going to win two out of three rounds uh, in 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 most scenarios. But uh, highly recommend it if, if there's anybody who hasn't played it. Uh, as was said, who are you, <laughs> and welcome to Earth. Uh, but yeah, it's a fantastic game. Ryan, I'm going to throw to you for your your lasting impressions, and then uh, we got some other people to hear from too. Sure. So I want to first off say that you know I realize that Street Fighter is you know the king of all fighting games. It's the head of uh, Evo every year. It's the you know the main the main event. Um, but for Street Fighter, it's definitely not at the top of my fighting game fan list, if you will. I, I even feel Capcom makes better fighting games besides Street Fighter. Um, I prefer the Marvel vs. Capcom series over it. I prefer the Doc, Dark Stalker series over it. 
And I will also say that I prefer Mortal Kombat over Street Fighter. Um, and maybe it's just from my my you know youth growing up, you know, playing Mortal Kombat over it. I I understood the. I was never good at the you know quarter turn punch growing up as a kid, or you know the Z patterns, you know little stuff like that always threw me off. Um, I always I do kind of even to this day find Street Fighter to be. Um, uh, more of a chess game, if you will, and you have to wait for you know your opponent to make a mistake. And to me, like that's a little less entertaining or fun for me. Um, I acknowledge I have fun playing Street Fighter. Uh, it's you know I only really have experience with uh, Street Fighter, you know, the series, if you will, like your Super Street Fighter twos or your Turbos. Um, this is the biggest one. Three was kind of like, you know, I guess I didn't have the consoles to play it, if you will. So it's I never grew up with it, so I really don't have history. I have the collection now, so it's one of those ones that I always hear about and I want to dive into. Um, same thing with four, five. I dabbled a little bit with with, but like it's something still that this it's something with the series. It just I I I guess I just I'm not good at it, so it doesn't I can't find the the click with the aha moment for me with the the series, and I guess that's why this the series has always been a little bit lower tier for me. Uh, when it comes to other fighting games. That being said, like I said, it is a fun time. I always have fun with it, but I just, I'm not good at it. And it's still yet to click with me f for why I see this as being, you know, the best in my, in my view. Um, so with that being said, um, how about we hear from other people in the club and what their, their three word reviews here. Um, so I will turn to Twitter first. Um, uh, I'll start with retro pixel. He uh, put in iconic arcade classic. Um, Julian Vega, what are you trying to do to me here, man? I I, I can't pronounce this. Um, I'm going to copy it, and then I know Tim probably can pronounce it here, so I'm going to copy and paste it, and then I'll edit it in here. Uh, so just put this right here in the chat, because I can't pronounce this, man. I'm, I'm a butcher with Japanese. Challenge accepted. So here's in the chat here. I'll let you say it. This is what Julian Vega posted. Fear Tatsumaki Senpiaku. Thank you very much. Um, so the next one we have is from Retro Nonsense. We have Hi Do Ken. Um, uh, next we have Round Two Gaming. We, he has Ultra Hyper Fun Time. Next we have uh, Cartridge Bros P two. He wrote didn't lose once. Um, nice. Then there's there's also figures yeah i figured yeah uh, um and then we have uh j beam at no longer gone he wrote learn the combos um and then i'm also going to turn to the discord here where frantic put punch that car and tesseract e put my god car so uh <laughs> that i will give my three-word review first um i put Needs arcade stick. I, I play the game. I play a little bit better with the arcade stick. Um, Chris, how about we start with with you for your three word review? Uh, set the standard. That's a good one. Tim, what's your three word review? I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me... It was Tuesday. 
There you go. Good job. Mm-hmm. Little movie, little movie quote there. Raiho. Mine's been recycled twice now, but I, I, not recycled. I'm recycling it. Um, I was going to say genre-defining classic, but I think it's been said now a couple of times. <laughs> That's fine. We'll we'll take that one. That's perfectly good. Musty, what is your three-word review? Beats the rest. So that was this month's uh, game of the month. Uh, Cartridge Club Prime uh, continues on. And next month is August, and we are playing... Uh, the Patreon voted uh, game of the month every year. Uh, our patrons get to nominate games for August. Uh, we have selected uh, and was voted on by those patrons the uh, Super Nintendo classic uh, Super Mario World. And so we're really looking forward to that. Um, that will be uh, the uh, last show for the foreseeable future that the bros are on. So really looking forward to that and you know having people play along on our first 2D Mario. We haven't played a 2D Mario up to this point. So it's about time. Uh, in addition, uh, we made the announcement in, uh, in May that September we will be kicking off season six of CC Prime uh, and we will be playing the 2016 uh, reboot of doom uh which is now available on all the major consoles uh including the switch so uh really looking forward to having people along for that uh and uh we maybe we are looking at a new kind of format for delivery of that in both a live version of the show uh as well as uh the curated podcast as well so um keep an eye out on that i would recommend following uh, the club Twitter, which is uh, at Cartridge Club NA, uh, announcements for this, this show as well as other club announcements can all be found there uh, as well as on the club's YouTube. That's probably the biggest one. You should probably go find that and subscribe uh, if you have the time. Uh, but yeah, we're really looking forward to the coming months. Season six is going to be a blast. We have a lot of things planned and we will be uh, revealing those games as we get closer to those months. Uh, but I think you guys will be pretty happy with uh, with what we have ahead. Um, I know that Ryan and I are excited about it. So uh, with that, I want to uh, kick back to Ryan and and again thank you guys for for joining us today to to talk Street Fighter Two. It's been a good time. Thanks, Musty. So uh, Tim, thank you very much for being here. And why don't you tell everyone who's listening where we can find you on the internet? Um, well, you can find me in one of two places. Um, I have a YouTube channel who I work on sometimes with another contributor, Kevin McNeil, who I would definitely be remiss to mention, uh, to not mention, sorry, uh, doing a Street Fighter 2 uh, podcast. Um, but you can find us on, uh, t- yeah, you can find us on YouTube. Are you okay? H-A-R-U-O-K-A-Y. Um, but you can also find me on Twitter, um, where I've also posted a bit of Street Fighter 2 content, including the uh, failed Malibu Street Fighter uh, content, if you want to see some of that. Um, you can find me there um, at H-A-R-U-0-K-A-Y. Awesome. Thank you very much. No, thank you. I was really excited when you guys invited me on. This was, uh, this was fantastic. I had so much fun with this. Thank you. Chris, the bass guy, where can we find you on the internet? Um, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at bassguy654 and 
Um, I'm also on the club forums sometimes and the Discord pretty often. So club Discord. So, uh, awesome. th but thanks for having me on. No, no problem. Thank you very much for being here. And Ryo, where can we find you on the internet? Um, you can usually find me on my Twitter uh, at Ryho Magnifico, R-Y-H-O-M-A-G-N-I-F-I-C-O, just to make it as complicated as possible. Um, and uh, you can find links to like all my other kind of geeky stuff on the web on my website, um, retrodef.ca, um, R-E-T-R-O-D-E-F.ca. Um, that's, that's kind of the hub. Awesome. Thank you very much for being here. And for me, you can find me on Twitter at It's Rocket Sauce. Um, and Musty, where can we find you on the internet? Yep. So uh, the best place to find me would be uh, on Twitter at Musty Hobbit uh, or the YouTube channel Second Breakfast. Uh, in addition, I uh, we will have uh, things returning, like I said, to the club uh, YouTube channel pretty soon here Uh want to make sure you guys keep up to date on all of the club happenings and all the content that gets created uh, by individuals in the club. Um, but yeah, pretty exciting stuff coming down the uh, path here. Anyways, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap things up there and we look forward to seeing you uh, in the future. Uh, we'll be back next month uh, for Super Mario World. I'll go ahead and, again, thank everyone for being here. Thank you for listening. CCU United.